0: Uh, I feel like Paul in, scripture, in the book of Acts when Paul uh, was trying to make Jerusalem for Pentecost. He just he, there was a drive in him to be at Jerusalem on Pentecost uh, Sunday, and I I feel uh, like that when I'm in the world somewhere around the world preaching and teaching the gospel. Uh, I always say I've got to be home for Mother's Day, and so no, it doesn't matter. I got I've got to be home for Mother's Day, and I also feel like that about Father's Day. Because I think that our fathers and mothers should be appreciated. And, uh, and we, we think we did that uh, this past uh, May uh, when we, uh, for the moms. Amen. And uh, I wanted to just, you know, talk to the fathers today, uh, maybe a little bit about them. Uh, and uh, I've titled this message, The Making of a Father. Uh, I had a great mom and a great father, so... I was extremely blessed. Uh, sometimes I've heard uh, people say to me, well, in the past, uh, some comments about uh, being too easy with people. Uh, yeah, I've been accused of that. And, of course, uh, people who are very close to me accuse me of being too hard with people. But, but I've been accused of that. And I said to them on, on, one, on one occasion, I said, listen, I had almost a perfect home uh, perfect parents, uh, almost, it seemed to me, and uh, I could very well have gone astray, uh, even w- having come out of a great environment. We know the first man on the earth, Adam, did. He, he, was a, he was made perfect, had a perfect environment, and he still messed it up. And I said, and I know what that feels like, you know. I came near doing that, I, I, I feel. And I said, so when I find people who did not have that, I like to have a lot of mercy and grace with them because uh, the, by, by grace they stand here. And so I, I, let's talk about the making of a father. And I want, if we have time, we'll look at, at three uh, persons, Abraham, Paul, and Jesus. In the book of Genesis chapter 17, uh, book of Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. When, uh, verse 1, when Abraham was nine, 99 years old, The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you. And I insured I, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my, let me read that again. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Uh, verse uh, Chapter 18, verses 18 and 19. I, 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 I changed it up a little bit without changing the meaning. I, 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 I want you to see what I've done. Abraham, Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. The making of a father. When we find here in the scripture, Abraham, or Abram, was 99 years old when God appeared to him and identified himself as uh, El Shaddai, or the Almighty God. And he said to him, walk before me and be blameless. And I would like to say that when God spoke to Abraham, he was speaking what he wanted of Abraham. And when God speaks to you and me, that's what he does. Perhaps we have fathers here today who feel as though you have not been that great of a father. You, you could very well feel that way. And then we may have some fathers here who have o- overestimated their being a good father. But whatever your situation is, God can still make you into the father that you should be. He says, I am almighty God. In other words, is there anything too hard for me? And he said to him, he speaks and he says, walk before me and be blameless. And I, I know that what, and we know that what God speaks to us, he speaks into us, and then what he speaks into us, we become. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so fathers, I want you to listen, because I, I absolutely love fathers. And I, I, I've told you before that I love the men, I've worked with men, good men, who would go out and put their lives in jeopardy for their families. I know men like that. I've worked with men like that. I've been shoulder to shoulder with them. And they are in danger a lot of times, and the wife rarely or sometimes never knows. She never knows because, because they don't go home and tell, okay, it was so dangerous because they don't want you to worry. And God goes on to say to Abra, Abraham, he says, I will make my covenant between me and you. I remember as a young, young man reading, between me and you, isn't it between you and me, you know? But God is first. And so he shows you how he ratifies this covenant. I'm going to make it between me and you, which is very perfect and right. And then he says, he, so he gives Abram, Abram the assurance that every word that he has spoken is true and will come to pass. So I want to just encourage the dads here that you may feel like, oh, I've blown it. There's no way to recover. But there is recovery in your future. You have to believe that you are being made a father even at this juncture in your life. Then he says, I will multiply you exceedingly. So he gives him promises. And when God makes a promise to a dad or to a mom, when he makes a promise to you, he keeps his promise. So that means that God does whatever is necessary to bring that thing to pass. It's not God saying something conditionally to you, but when God makes you a promise, when he gives you a word, and he doesn't say, now I'm giving you this word based on, no, The new covenant is ratified by what I call the I wills of God. God tells you what he will do. I will, I will, I will. And you and I are living under that kind of administration. And so he says, I will multiply you exceedingly. Then when Abram fell on his face, God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Uh, Now he's saying... Because it doesn't look that good. It doesn't look that good because Sarah is barren. And so barrenness is no obstacle for God. And so if you have not had fruit and productivity in your life, that's no obstacle to God. He he is still able to bring these things to pass. You say, "Well, well, what is it so big or important about fatherhood? Fathers around the world, we travel, you know that the places where there are very few fathers in Europe in Africa in Asia there are, and in America there are very few fathers in many of these places I've just named because of wars the men have been killed in wars and there there's a generation who is who has come up now without dads and you'd be so surprised as how—and how, how and I don't say this to brag or boast. I don't say this to put anyone down. But you'd be amazed at how they latch on to us and say, I've needed a father in my life. Fathers are very important. If you're here today, you have an important assignment, not just to be male, but to be a dad, to be a father. Yes. Amen. Yes. And God says to Abram, you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, or exalted, or uh, father, but you shall be you you shall be called Abraham, not ex- only exalted father, but a father of many nations. And he says to here, Your name shall be called shall be Abraham, for I have made you. And before Abraham had uh, uh, engendered, as it were, Isaac, he says, I have, for I have made you a father. I have already done it. How did God do it? With his word. God did it with his word. And if you are here today and God has spoken a word to you and told you what he's going to do in your life, that's for you. And if it's in this word, amen, God will bring it to pass. I remember a number of years ago when I was in my, I think I was 31 or so, 31. And I told you the story, I'd worked myself almost to death, actually. And I, I, I had a, some kind of a heart situation. You could call it a heart attack or whatever. The doctor said it was heart damage. And I remember working day and night, day and night for a raise and a promotion. Terrible. And, and I, I remember uh, feeling like I might die. The pain was so great. We were, I was in the hospital for several days. And uh, I saw my, my little children. Um, my wife brought them by the hospital window because at that in those days you couldn't bring children under 14 into the hospital, and I looked at them, and I thought, God, I want to die with my li- and leave my little babies, and, uh, and then, uh, I, I, then after that, I had another uh, experience with a pastor, Pastor Kenneth Wright, who came in and prayed for me, but I remember saying, uh, I can't die, I don't want to die, Lord, and leave my children, and then I, I had this, like, like an epiphany, and I said, oh, I can't die, because God promised me something. And I remember that vividly, because when I was a little boy, my mom used to quote the scripture, honor your father and your mother, that that it may go well with you, and that you may live long upon the earth. And I thought, I can't die at 31, because I have a promise from God that if I would obey my parents and respect my parents, I would have a long life. And I'm thankful to God for that. And so as a result of that, I said, I cannot die. Why did I say that? He says, I have made you a father. Uh, uh, I have made you a father of many nations. And so because God spoke it, it wasn't as good as done. It was done. And this is what each of us must know. That that if you have done what God has told you, or if you have heard what God has told you, then you can have what God has said. In verse 6, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, I will, make, I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you, and I will establish, and I will establish. That is a New Testament reality in the old covenant. And I will establish my covenant between me and you, not, not only that, and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. When you read the Bible and you're reading, you're reading don't just read it to read and fulfill some kind of of um, commitment you have made. Oh, I'm going to read the Bible every day. But when I read the Bible, and I've, I, I use the electronic things, but I also have a Bible, uh, a good paper leaf Bible, you know, and I've, I, I, if you have one of my Bibles, I've written my name by Scriptures, and I, and I would write my initial or put my initial by a Scripture. When I was reading it and the Holy Spirit made that real to me, I would say, that's my promise. Yeah, that's my promise. And and so I walk in the promises of God because what God speaks into you, you you become. If he speaks it into you, you will become that. If God says it to you, he will perform it. So daddy, you've got to raise your hand to the Lord and say amen to God because he will do those things. Yes, he will do those things. I will establish my covenant, even with your descendants after you and their generation. And I I know the Lord told me something else. He said to me that uh, once I was worried and concerned. And if there's a father in here, you've never been worried about your children, never been concerned about your children, there's a place at the altar for you. You know, we've all been concerned about our children, every one of us. And I was concerned about my children, and I'm, and I'm, I'm still concerned about my grandchildren. But God always comforts me with these words i'm going to do what i said and i always say to him lord while i'm doing your work t- would you take care of this other stuff this little light stuff i've got over here i want all of my, my children i want them to walk with you i want my my son-in-law to walk with you I want my my son my daughter-in-law to walk i want my grandchildren to walk with you and i don't want there to ever ever be anybody who came from my lawns to go to hell in jesus name hallelujah I talk. I'm a daddy, yeah, and it doesn't matter what I see, it doesn't matter what I see, I know what God says, amen. Amen. You can have that if you'll believe, and so he says, uh, my covenant is going to be between not only you, Abraham, but your descendants after you in their generation, to be God to you and your descendants after you. Now look at chapter 18. This is so amazing. He said, Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. Why? Because God has spoken it. If God has spoken it, it must come to pass. And he says, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. You and I, wherever we've come from, are a testimony to this, to the truth of this. We are a testimony to the truth of this. Because he says he will be a great nation mighty nation, become a great and mighty nation, and all nations, all peoples of the earth shall be blessed in him. I am blessed in Abraham. This has come to pass for us, for I have known him, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord and do righteousness and justice. Now listen, do you command your children? Are you the kind of dad who says, well, I don't want to drive them away? Well, if they're already away, if you drive them, maybe you'll drive them home. Yeah. I mean, your, kid, your children are away doing whatever they want to, and you don't want to tell them the truth of God. They're not, they're not going to be helped if they don't hear the truth of God. So you tell them the truth of God. Don't provoke them. Don't, you know, browbeat them, but tell them the truth. You know, if you come into my house, you're going to hear the truth. And if you give me a chance in your house, you'll hear it too. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, when you're a parent, I mean, you, you're the parent. I mean, you're daddy. You're mom. You know? You brought them into this world. No, I'm not going to say the rest of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are, there are some folks here who know what that is, right? But you brought them into this world. Come on. You you can say what you need to say. Don't be shy. Say the truth. But say it in love. I love you. That's why I'm telling you the truth. Listen to me. I love you. God, You know, God, there's a call of God on your life. Amen. Amen. I said that to a young man this week. There's a call of God on your life. And this is what God has said about you. And, and that shall come to pass too. He says, I have known him in order that he may command. So I, I've made myself known. I've known him that he would command. You, you speak the word because the, the word of God is, is is, is sharp. It's like a two-edged sword. It's alive. It's quick. It's alive. It has life in it. So you you have to say it. Amen. It's life in your words, Daddy. Yeah. Come on, Fathers. It's li- there's life in your words. Yeah. And don't be deterred from telling your children the truth. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. And it, But this is what he says. This is not so much subjective in that you get to decide what God meant, and you're going to parse all of these words and, and, and find a way to humanly do it. Don't do that. Just, just tell the truth. I mean, sometimes it's just good to tell the naked truth, right? Amen. Yeah, just the naked truth. And he says that they may keep the way of the Lord, Then listen, to do righteousness and justice. So the church must be a church of justice, must be a church of righteousness. And that's not, you don't get to decide what that is. God tells us in his word. Is that right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. He says, now you've got to do this, Abraham. You've got to command them uh, to, to, to do righteousness and justice. That in order for the Lord to bring to pass what he's spoken. You tell the truth to your children so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Hallelujah. So you do your part. In Romans chapter 4, Romans 4, beginning in verse, verse 16, 16 through 18, 16b, the latter part of that verse, Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. So Abraham believed the word of God, who gives life to the dead and calls things and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And so Paul is telling us that God, call, the father, father God called Abraham, um, a fa- Abram, a father of many nations, when his body was dead. He had no ability to reproduce. He, his body was dead, and he says, he says that in the presence of him who believed. So he believed God, even though it didn't look like it, was, it could happen. He says, no, I believe God, who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they did. And so today, I believe the Lord has given me authority to say, you are good fathers. You are good fathers, every one of you. You are good fathers. Amen. Amen. You are good fathers. And if if the enemy says, no, you're not, you tell him, no, you're lying because the truth came from the Word of God today. Amen. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's the father of it. The Scripture says, Jesus says, when he speaks, he doesn't speak from God. He speaks from his own resources. All right? He speaks from his own resources. And sometimes we have to stop being so smart and be believers. Amen. So God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And so so be, because because God knows what is and what is not. All right? So if what God says about you is true about you. In verse 18 he says who contrary to hope in hope believed. So hope is that thing that I expect and my faith goes after it to retrieve it. He says he believed contrary to hope because how can God bring something from a dead body and a dead womb? But he believed God contrary to hope. And he found hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. And when Paul is speaking this, it's the reality. It has actually happened. It's come to pass. He says, and this was the word, so shall your descendants be. Verse 19 says, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Now, he's giving us good information to show us how to walk this out. He says... He did not consider his own body. He did not look at the circumstances. He did not look at the situation. His own body, already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So he did not stagger at what he saw. he did not stagger at, at himself. he did not stagger at Sarah, but he believed and was strengthened, giving in faith, giving glory to God. And not only that. see, he was strengthened in faith, he gave glory to God and being fully convinced and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he, God, was able to perform. So, so if, you've, if you've not been a, a good dad, you know, let me just say this, I want to be very blunt, you know, somebody says, Pastor, when you come in from around the world, you, you, you're kind of tough. I don't mean to be. But let me just say, if you're a dad here today, or you're watching by internet or TV, and, uh, and you've been a lousy dad, don't lie and say you've been a good dad. There's help for you, uh, right here from the Lord. I mean, if you've been a lousy dad, you've been a lousy dad. Say, I've been a lousy dad. I've been a worthless dad. I've been a derelict dad. There's some help coming to you this morning. I mean, come on. Hey. You don't defend what's indefensible. I mean, you know, there are records everywhere. You know? I mean, I don't have them. Don't, don't, don't panic. Come on, come on, this is help for you. God can turn that thing around. I mean, God can turn that thing around and make you, you know your children won't even remember how crazy you've been. I'm telling you, I know, I've got testimonies. Some testimony. I, don't, I won't give you too much information, but there was a story about this, this woman told about uh, growing up with a crazy daddy. He, he, he was crazy. He would even shoot his, his gun to make him behave and, and, and shoot and shoot near him and pow. You know, just do crazy stuff. They lived a crazy life. And, and, and so the guy got into some trouble, went to jail, went to prison, and came out of prison, saved, got saved in jail. God had to incarcerate the guy to get his gun out of his hand <laughs> and get some sense into his head. And, you know, and saved the guy. The guy came home. He, he, he got saved. I mean, he took all his family, I think, to the altar. Got saved. And, um, and uh, I mean, they, the family, rather, got saved. And, and uh, he became such a great dad, they, it was like the other craziness never happened. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can be changed. Let us determine on this Father's day to live in the fully convinced zone as Abraham did by not considering his natural limitations and impediments. He lived in the fully convinced zone. Okay, you can live in a fully convinced zone. I am fully convinced. That means there's no doubt, no wavering. Here you are, eight, eight, 100 years old. Well, I don't know if they walk like that, really. <laughs> It was just—it just came up. Forgive me. Some of them do. All right. Okay. So you're in, the hundred, you know, you're in that hundred—you know—you're hundred-year range, and and your your wife is postmenopausal, ninety years old, and God said, "I'm gonna make—I'm gonna make you a father. You're gonna have have a child." He said, "Wow. Yes, sir. I'm fully convinced that God can do that. Do you, Are you fully convinced that God can do that? Whatever that is in your life." Yeah. Abraham did not consider his natural limitations or impediments, but grew strong because of his emphasis on what God had said. So you need to emphasize what God has said, not the way you feel. Yeah, you know, the way you feel has—man, get that out of the way. Get that thing out of the way. It's what God says. You know, there are times I've not felt saved. Maybe y'all felt saved all your all the time. I mean, you know, maybe you should be preaching. He said, I've always felt saved. Well, I haven't. I had to believe what God has said. I believe what God has said. I didn't feel saved. God, is this saved? I'm struggling. Is this saved? He says, yes, I've saved you. And so I've learned to say amen to God amen to God, and my feelings fall away, and all the condemnation falls away because I'm saved. I'm saved today. I will be saved tomorrow. Don't say that fast. Yes, I will be saved tomorrow. I'll be saved when I die, and I will live with God forever because He saved me. Come on. What does God say about you? Come on, Daddy. What does God say about you? Wow. And so here— In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, we hear the apostle Paul talks about it. And Paul talks about it in conjunction with what Jesus has done. You know, you and I talk about these things in conjunction with what Jesus has done. You see, because what Jesus has done cannot be undone. This is what you've got to take out of here. You're a believer. You're a a born-again person. You have been born of the Spirit of God. If indeed the Spirit of God is in you, you have been born of the Spirit of God. Isn't that big? So you are now spirit. You have a soul and you're living in a body, but you're spirit. Because you have been born of God. You are a born one of God. It excites me. So Paul says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. I I love that scripture. You may have 10,000 teachers, but you don't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, Paul says, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore I urge you, imitate me or be followers of me. That's what that means. Uh, It's like to do what I do. So you're seeing my example, so you do it. He says, be followers of me. Um, and then in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, he says, uh, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ, or be followers of me just as I also am a follower of Christ. What Paul is saying is that God will open up what he is doing so you can see what you are supposed to do. And like we were when we were kids, we would, we would like mimic our parents. We weren't doing it like trying to be funny, we just wanted to be like them. I mean, the reason you probably walk on two feet now is because you saw somebody walking on two feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not walking on two feet because, I, no, I would have walked, no. Yeah, I'll tell you a story. Uh, my wife told me this story about a comedian named Gilda Radner. So you older people, you know, if you're older than 40, you, you, you remember Gilda Radner. A very funny woman, I mean, just cracked us up. She told this story, about when they were children, I, 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 and if, if I have missed some part of this, I will not miss the essence of it. They uh, uh, adopted a dog, I think it was, uh, a, a, a female dog, and uh, she had been run over. Uh, with the lawnmower? Did she lo- lose a leg? No, no, she it damaged her leg, and so what she, the hind legs, and so she would just walk across the floor, pulling uh, herself on the two legs. Well, somehow, somehow, uh, they got a little careless and she got pregnant. I mean, I don't know how, but she did. And, and so she, she had babies, and when the babies were born, they walked just like she did. There was nothing wrong with them, but they walked dragging their backs. So, so what? What Paul? The, the the thing that Paul is trying to get over to us is that that's how we actually get to grow up and know. It, you know, naturally we we do what our parents do. I used to think think, oh, this 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 child is just like the dad. It's certainly the dad's this person's child because they hold them out just like the you know. I mean, but the reality is is that they had grown up seeing dad or mom, and they did the same thing. I, I find myself doing the same thing. So if you don't like the way I hold my mouth, it's because my folks did. Now don't be messing with my folks. <laughs> Are you with me? Are you with me? Yeah, we do that. My mom used to say to me, I was thinking, I was." In, uh, we went in Indonesia a few days ago, I took a shower, and I was walking across, and, and I thought about my mother, and I laughed because she, she said to me when she laughed, she said, you walk just like your daddy, you know? Well, I didn't do that per se because of DNA. I'd been watching daddy, and I thought daddy was cool as he was walking over. You know, I thought daddy was, cool. you know what I'm saying? I thought thought that was cool. So I walked just like my daddy. I told you about that, right? I you one time I was was in church, a little boy, and everybody was just going, and daddy was going. And man, I I was trying to get on the beat with daddy. I, I learned daddy's beat, and I've been off ever since. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man. I'm telling you. Come on, you know we. You know what I'm saying we. We. That's how we learn. And spiritually, we learn because God will show you Himself. He will show you Himself through Christ the Son. He doesn't just show you Himself in lieu of Christ, without Christ. He shows you through Christ the Son. And then what we start to do is do that, and then at some juncture, we're not just doing that. That's who we are. Yes. That's how that works. It's amazing. Let me read the Message Bible. First Corinthians four 14. I'll start reading in 14 through 16. He says, I'm not writing all this as a neighborhood scold just to make you feel rotten. I'm writing as a father to you, my children. I love you and want you to grow up well, not spoiled. There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong. But there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. It was as Jesus helped me proclaim God's message to you that I became your father. I am not, you know, asking you to do anything. I am not already doing myself. I love that, and that's what I I try to do. Daddy's out here. I always try to be an example. I don't want to do anything that would lead you in a bad way. And I do that the same for my children and my grandchildren. I always say to young couples who are having problems in marriage, I say, do everything you can. Do everything you can. Now, if something goes wrong, you will know I did everything I could. Right? And that's how you live. And you stay with it. Amen? Amen? All right. Somebody say he's almost finished come on, a little bit more faith. <laughs> I mean, that's like, like so, oh Jesus, I don't know if I can hope against hope. <laughs> let's think at Philippians 3.17. He it says, brethren, join in following my example. This is what Paul says. Join in following my example and know those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Fathers should be clear patterns, models for their sons and daughters. Paul says here, you have us as a pattern. Paul says in Titus, Titus chapter 2, verse 7, he says, In all things, show yourself to be a pattern of good works. So, daddies, you have to be a pattern. Show yourself to be a pattern of good works. You want to be someone that your children can emulate. Not go, man, I want to be like anybody but my daddy. No child should say that about a a man of God. You know, are you still with me there? Okay. So Paul says, a pattern of good works, show yourself a pattern to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, in your teaching. Showing integrity. Integrity. Don't cheat. You say, that's all right if nobody's looking. In reverence. Incorruptibility. Incorruptibility. You know, if if you have if, if you know if you have an opportunity to take something that's worth a, a, a dollar, you said no. But if it's ten thousand dollars, you go hey. Incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that that one or someone who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say about you. And in Second Thessalonians, he says, make our, but he said make ourselves. We make ourselves. An example of how you should follow us. So every man in this house should say, I want people, my children, my grandchildren, I want them to be like me. I want the neighborhood children to do just like I do. That's what Paul is saying here. That's big. But you know, what we have a a thing of saying is, well, I'm not God. Everybody knows that. (laughs) But you ought to be godly. We know you're not God. But are you godly? And you can be. Because God, through the Holy Spirit, through Christ, and then the Holy Spirit, He has given us help that comes from God. If you cannot succeed with help that comes from God, que lastima. Que vergüenza. What a pity. What a shame. Okay. Then in Philippians 4, 9, He says, The things... You learned, and received, and heard, and saw in me. These do, and the God of peace will be with you. He says, don't be hearers only, but practice. Do what you have learned. Do what you have received. Do what you have heard and have seen in the pattern God has set before you in the persons of your fa- in the person of a father. So, f- so fathers, we have a great responsibility. As a matter of fact, there are statistics that say that people who have a great fathers, good fathers are, uh, do well at a high percentage. They do well. But people who have a bad father do poorly. Now that doesn't mean that if your child is doing poorly, it's because of you. What you have to do is keep on being a good father. You keep saying it. it, it see, some people, it, it takes some a little longer. And maybe God has given you somebody who really needed what you've got. Maybe they haven't matured uh, at, at 30 years old. Maybe they have not matured at 40 years old. But there's still 50 coming. You, you, if, they, if they haven't given up, don't you give up. You've got the Spirit of God. Maybe they don't have the Spirit of God. If they, you have the Spirit of God, don't give up, Dad. Yeah. Keep going, Dad. Don't say, well, I'm tired. What? Yeah. Living in America, get three meals a day, got a good job, air conditioned, climate control, and you tired? Got some of the best beds ever known to man and you tired? No. If they're not tired, don't you be tired. Is that all right? Amen. All right. All right. Let me, let me read one more and I'm, and I'm going to say amen. All right. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 through 10, Paul says in verse 5, you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. You know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. We conducted ourselves well for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord. You became followers of us and and the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy and joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves, the people around you, declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. So a new Christian first looks to other believers as his pattern. But as that Christian matures, he realizes that that Jesus is the only true model. That That's what it is. But, but they look to us. Listen, P- Peter tells us, Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that you and I should follow his steps. So let me just say, Dad, there's an awesome responsibility. I love being a father. I love being a dad. I do. I love being a dad. I had a great dad, great example, but I love being a dad. This is what. There's sometimes you want to say something you shouldn't say, perhaps. There's sometimes you want to be so angry that you just give up. But what I say is, no, no way. Because if I don't give up on people I've never met and have never had responsibility for, people on the streets or in a foreign nation, I don't give up on them. Some of them have done terrible things, worse things than my children ever even thought about, and I don't give up on them. How should I give up on my own? How should I give up on this those who come from my body or, or my spiritual children. How, how should I give up? God is saying something to us. You and I get, brothers, we can change the world. We can be such exemplary dads that, that, that it will go out into all the city and all of Nueces County and all of South Texas and all of North, East, and West Texas. So there, there, there are men down there who are doing an exemplary job. There are fathers who never quit and never get by. I know that there, are, I know that there are people here today, because they had a good dad, had a good daddy, stayed with you, worked with you, encouraged you, and when you messed up, that daddy remembered. Well, I'm not going to tell that child, but I've messed up too. I I I was imperfect as a child, and and I messed up, but. I had a good father. God wants to bless you today, man. This is a wonderful day. It's a day of celebration, a day of accolades, but also a day of instruction. So let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for blessing us in every way. I pray that these fathers would leave you today just so encouraged and blessed and and built up, I pray that they would know that Abraham was a dad very similar to them. He wasn't very much. He was cowardly in a lot of ways and and, uh, lied, shirked his responsibilities, but you spoke into him, And he became the father of many nations. And we're here today because of Abraham, because of what Abraham did. He believed you. And so we thank you for that. I just thank you for the encouragement that you're giving these dads that it's not over. And what is written about them is still being written. In Jesus' name, we bless them. Amen. Amen. Super. Amen. Amen. Amen.